0: Well, we're in Exodus chapter 33, if you'll go there and kind of set this up for you and uh, uh, let you know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about to help us remember what had happened before. Um, In the days, which I don't think this happens much today, I don't know, teachers, coaches, you can tell me, but in the days when I was in school, licks were... um, very real and happened quite often. Uh, I don't know if any of you got licks. If some of you did, you probably wouldn't admit it, because you know. But I'll tell you, I got licks in in school. I know you got licks, Bradley. Um, no, I never. No, not Chris. He never got a lick. Uh, I think if you look in the dictionary for uh, school licks, uh, yeah, he may. Have, that may be his picture. No. Uh, I, uh, he probably remembers Coach Walker. It was seventh grade year, um, and he 's somebody you did not want to get licks from and Pachuca. Yeah, coach Pachuca. I never got licks from Pachuca he he liked me <laughs> um, but uh, i it was like seventh grade and it was maybe two weeks in, and I was in coach walker 's class i can 't remember what it was, but um, I was still new uh, to this I was seventh grader it was junior high. <laughs> And uh, there's, I'm sitting like in the second seat and there's this guy in the back. He was, most times he was high. Uh, uh, really, I'm serious. I'm not. I won't say names. People, I bet you, Chris, will come up to you after and go, "Was it so and so?" I'll go, "Yeah." But uh, he was real mouthy, and I'm sure that some of you coaches and teachers never met mouthy teenagers. But I mean, he was just. And so the the co- coach said, uh, "All right, here's what we're going to be doing today. This, this, this." And that guy from the back said, I, "I'm not doing anything." And he just started mouthing off. And, of course, I'm just trying to be this good kid. I'm going, okay. And he is really, then he starts cussing. And, uh, you know, Walker raised his voice and said, that's enough. We're about to leave here. And he said, well, if you leave, you're not taking me with you. And and that was it, you know. And uh, all the other students were just looking at it going, oh. Man. So Coach Walker um, told one of the students up front to go down to uh, the office and get somebody. I don't know, it was a VP or maybe it was, I don't know, anyway, just get somebody in administration. So, uh, and we weren't far f- from it. And uh, he s- still started teaching. He said, All of you take your books, open it to so and so. I know my book. And he says, uh, This is almost over. And we're not sure what's going to happen. Well, I-, I think it's about He's about to be pulled out. but So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm turning on a book going, oh, my gosh. I can't believe this guy's doing this. And the kid walks in and sits at his desk. And this administrator walks in. And, and he said, come here. And he goes, I'm not coming. And so that administrator walked back, pretty much grinned by the ear, and said, you are coming. Couldn't get away from that. You know, those days. You could, couldn't get away from that now. He'd be sued or something. But grabbed him by the ear and just in the arm and walked him out. And they walked out. He said, I want you to read chapter whatever and keep your heads down. Okay, we're not going to do anything. So he walked out. All three of them walked out. And then he walked back in. He opened the bottom of the door desk. And he got his paddle. <laughs> and it had two holes in it. And because uh, you just didn't want to get a leg. But, but he walked out with it. And they went across apparently to another room. And I, we all heard him get three solid licks. And each time, the room just kind of went... <laughs> and man, when he walks in, we were quiet. And that boy, <laughs> he walks in and he's crying. I mean, they were loud. So, you know, I know he had two holes indented somewhere. But uh, he walked in. so from that point on, two weeks into school, I knew... Don't mess with Coach Walker. You don't do it because bad things will happen. Well, we came out of, uh, it's just my weird way to say, it. we came out of Exodus chapter 32 where the Israelites just got licked. They got some licks. They, they really messed up. Remember, they, the, uh, there's about 3,000 of them that the, the Levites went through and killed because they had chosen to walk away from God and to uh, have this calf built. And so you've got to remember that a million and a half people, and you only lose 3,000, we talked about that, that's less than 1%, but boy, it woke everybody up. Those who were thinking about going in and joining all this, who God let live, were like, wow, some of my friends just died. And remember, we had mothers and fathers and sons and daughters that had left, and they died as well. And people were going through, and it's the first time that God's, God really said, hey, this is against you, You're obstinate people. And that's where they are. And in chapter 33, we see this huge contrast between how the Israelites treated Moses and how they treated God Right after that, isn't that amazing? You get licks, and all of a sudden, for the about next week or so, that guy didn't cause any issues, uh, and uh, we didn't have any issues in the classroom because we watched and said, "Okay, we learn," and he uh, was a part of it, and he learned. And so as they're walking through, now God's going, okay, now that I've got your attention, now that you understand that there is a thing that I have that's called wrath against my own people, now that you understand my wrath is real, and it's real today, the only thing that saves us from the wrath of God is Jesus Christ, him crucified, and us confessing him. That's why I'm not under, and if you know Christ, you're not under the wrath of God. And people don't like to talk about the wrath. I don't like talking about the wrath. But the wrath of God is real. And the only reason that Jesus was sent was to take on that wrath to say, I want to show my people mercy. But we're about to see some mercy that God is giving his people. So all of a sudden, they start traveling, or they're, they're at the base of that hill, and they start uh, uh, getting some more inf- information from Moses that God's, God's given to Moses. So let's look at this. And I'm going to give you our points uh, as uh, I read through it. But we're going to read a lot of scripture, okay? So, because I think the most powerful part of my message, I've said over and over again, is not what I teach. It's it's what we read. So really pay attention to these words. It says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, To your descendants, I will give it. So here's the first point. Once that's over, all of us are going to face some things that are very difficult. they are crises in our lives, okay? Some of them are very big crises, that things that you have no control over, you only have control of how you handle that crisis. So they just went through a huge crisis of, are we going to trust God or are we not going to trust God? Are we going to go after these other idols? Are we going to say, God, you are it, And so what he wanted to teach Moses, and I believe the people, is this. Just continue on with your mission. Now, some of you go, well, what is my mission? I'm still trying to figure out my call. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm called to do. Well, if you don't know your mission, my mission is to be right now to share the gospel, but I'm also to be a pastor of a church. That's my call. I don't know my call. Your call right now, if you believe in Christ and his sovereignty, is right where you need to be. It's right where you are. Okay, So, and until you get there and you think, I don't think it is. I think I'm supposed to be doing something different. And you go, well, what am I supposed to do? How do I continue my mission? Moses' mission was to lead the people. That was his mission, right? He was to lead gripey, <laughs> mumbling, grumbling people who had no faith at times. That was his mission, and God said, let's move on. That's the first thing he said, let's move on. I'm telling you, when you go through a crisis in your life, when you go through something that's difficult, as it's closing up, just move on. Continue your work. Continue moving on. Uh, and again, if you don't know that, continue to share Christ. Continue to, to, to read the word and try to get to know him more. Continue to do those things that God has asked you to do through his word, to be kind, to be patient, all those things. Then he said this. He said, I will send an angel before you, and I'll drive out. Now, that word in the Hebrew really is a stronger word than drive out. It means to cast out. And listen to what he does. He said, I'm going to cast out the, Can- the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Persite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. So not only are we supposed to continue our mission, we need to ask God to go before you. When's the last time you said, well, Goliath, I'm going going into school. I want you to go before me. You know? Uh, I I want you to go before me. I want you to just pave the way for me because I don't know what I'm doing. I, I pray that all the time. You don't know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing, but as a pastor and knowing what's next, i got to tell you, I say, hey, God, I'm going to continue this mission through COVID. I'm going to continue this mission through tough times. I'm going to continue this mission, and all I ask is that you go before me, that you clear the path, Right? When's the last time you said, God, go before me. Go before my job. Go before me and the people that I have to deal with that are difficult. Go before me. Uh, go before me and protect me because my job could be dangerous. Go before me and help me to know how to handle the anxiety of the children we're about to see. Go before me. When's the last time you stepped in two, wherever you're going to work? And the first thing you say is, says, God, I'm continuing my mission and my call, but I want you to go before me. I just want you to go before me. That's what he did for Moses. Yeah, that's what he did for him. And then I want you to notice this. Uh, He said, uh, continue your mission, ask God to go before you and drive out what betrays you. Watch this, it's really interesting. Remember in the Hebrew, uh, these words that we read are very powerful. Everybody with me? I'm about to get nerdy on you. But it's really interesting if you listen, maybe you'll learn something about your uh, spiritual life. So when you look at a Hebrew word or a Greek word, it, it is more about the picture behind the word than it is the word. And every time that you look at when you see the Amorite or uh, 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 the uh, Hittite or the Perizzite, let me tell you what that is. The Amorite, and that word in the Hebrew means bitter. The Amorites were the people that lived in the mountains, okay? And they kept watch on everything. But also that Hebrew word Amorite can mean bitter, rebel, babbler, and that's what's against us, right? Even within ourself, we can be Amorites to our own self. So he says, listen, I want you to continue mission. I want you to ask God to go before you, but I want you to drive out what betrays you. And for some of us, that's what he's doing. He's saying, continue mission, but I'm gonna go before you, but we're gonna drive out some things that are gonna be in your way before you can get to the land of milk and honey, right? These names are just not there. I'm not over-spiritualizing stuff, but it's interesting. That I, he, says, he says, I'm going to go before you if you ask me to. And what I'm going to drive out is the bitterness that's in your heart because of the divorce. The little rebel in you that wants to fight everybody because you don't like to be told what to do. That you think you're better to be in charge, but if you wanted to be in charge, you would work toward that position and ask me to go before you to put you in charge, but you're not in charge. Right now, I've chosen you to be a follower. And while you're a follower, you don't need to be bitter about it. Are you with me? Isn't that amazing? He said, I'm going to drive out these bitter, rebel, babblers that stay in the mountains. And they, they're, they're taking what's yours. He said, then I'm going to drive out the Hittites. Now, the word Hittite means to be broken, who fears. These were people at the low level of the mountains. They were these, these people that just kind of stayed there. They could see enough, but they were also very fearful. They didn't make, uh, they were more to make peace with people. That's what that word uh, Hittite means, one who's broken, one who's fearful. And if you ask God to go before you, I think that's a great picture of, listen, you Israelites are looking out at this, and you're look, you know what? Some of you are rebels, some of you are bitter. Some of you are, are bitter because you're eating this manna, and you're eating, uh, uh, you're eating quail every day, and you're ready for something different. But before you can get to where I want you to be, we need to drive out these things. And we, one of the things we need to drive out is those of you who are broken, who are fearful, who have given up on me, who are fearful about every decision you make. You with me? He's saying, I'm going to do this first. And then it's the, uh, 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 the parasites. They were tent campers. You ever have something camp in your life? Negative people just camp among you. I think it's real interesting. They were just known to be tent campers. No other meeting, just, just camping out. You ever realize how much fear just camps out in your heart? Anger camps out in your heart. Bitterness camps out in your heart. What is it? Unforgiveness camps out in your heart. All this stuff that's camping in you. And God says, listen, we took care of this. Now, I've got your mission. Keep on doing it, right? And, and you've got to ask me to go before you. And when you ask me, I'm going to drive out some things. I'm going to cast out some things in your life. And one of the things I'm going to cast out are those tent campers. There's people in your life that are camping out those attitudes that just camp out that you don't want to get rid of. Uh, th- you say, well, I, I really don't have one of those. Well, then you just lied to yourself. We all have tent camping attitudes, don't we? Really? Some of us have, we really do. We're just bitter. If you find yourself saying, I don't care. Ooh, I don't care. You know what that is? That's a tent camper. If something's camping in you. And they're going, I don't care. And that's an Attitude. And God's going. If you want, to, if you want to go on and see the land of milk and honey, through the wilderness, you got to drive that out. Uh, the, the word uh, a Hittite, uh, they were these uh, they were these dwellers of the of, of the land. And what they they did is they searched for land that was fertile. In fact, they were known to be. This word was known to be a word that meant snake they were snakes and what they would do is slither like a snake and they would sniff out fertile land and try to destroy it and take it. And I think there are some snakes in all of our lives that try to take things from us. Right? What are they? Man, it's real interesting. And the word Jebusite means foundation or cornerstone. And the Jebusites were known for this, even throughout history, um, uh, that, that, uh, not just biblical history, but history that we see. We, we know that the Jebusites were known to be strategists of war. So isn't it interesting that they say, we just went through this. We're about to get started. Moses, stay on task. While you stay on task, task know this. you gotta, you got to ask me to go before you. And when you do that, the first thing I'm going to do is drive some things out of that life, out of your life, and out of the Israelites' life, that we can go hang out and be in the land of milk and honey. And I think for the wording and the etymology of, of how important these words are to us, to teach us spiritual truth is that God. God. God says, you stay on mission no matter what you're going through, right? You stay on mission. You ask me to go before you. But while I do this, I'm going to drive out the bitterness, the rebelness in you. I'm going to drive out the brokenness in you. I'm going gri- to drive out what fear, what caused you to fear. I'm going to drive out those little tent campers of the attitude that you have. I'm going to drive out the snakes in your life that are trying to take care of the fertile land I made for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive out those who are strategizing like the Jebusites, to get you to run away from me. It's interesting how it works. All this. Look at the next scripture. It says this. So go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. Honey. Anytime you see this word milk and honey, uh, honey was uh, honey was first mentioned in Genesis, and this was a sign uh, that overflowing milk and honey just gives us a glimpse of what God wants to give us, uh, of what he desires and promises for his people, and he desires and, and promises for that. It's an invitation to say, if you'll connect with me and stay with me and do your mission, I am going to show you and I'm going to show you how to taste and see that I am good. It says, so go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up your midst. Now this is going to be kind of odd to us. I'll not go up in your midst be, because you're an obstinate people and I might destroy you on the way. Isn't that something? He's telling Moses to tell them. Then Moses says, hey, I need to tell you some bad news. It'd be like God meeting me or something, which, you know, he's not going to give me this thing. And he goes, hey, guys, uh, God's going to take out some of you. And he's not even gonna be in our church because we're really bad. Most of you would go, what? First of all, you're crazy, Pat. And then, uh, but if you really believe in that and fell for it, you'd go, oh no, is it me? So there would be this scariness. But listen, when it says, I'll not go with you, that is a, that, look, listen, look right here. That is a picture of God's mercy. Saying, if I went with you, right? Just like God's, if Jesus Christ is not in our, ha- uh, in our life, then the wrath of God is on us. And he said, listen, I'm going to pull away from you. I'll take care of you, but i got to pull away. I don't like the way you act. I don't like the way you live. I don't like the way you treat me. I don't like the way you're disobedient. And I would probably just kill every one of you. So Moses, you lead. And you see a difference. Look, it says, thank God for his mercy. So you go, what do I do? Well, remember, stay with your mission while you're in the wilderness, wilderness. Uh, know and ask God to go before you. While he's going before you, he's gonna drive out some stuff. You need to drive out the things that betray you and your family and your children. You gotta drive out those things and then thank God for his mercy. I mean, they need to thank God for every... I woke up this morning, so to you, and his mercy was new. It says, when the people heard this, uh, when the people heard this sad word, look what they did. They went into mourning, and none of them put on their ornaments. In other words, they used to put on their bright clothes, and they used to put on their earrings, and all their jewelry, and they didn't do it anymore. Look, look what it says. It says, for the Lord had said to Moses, say to the sons of Israel, you are you are an obstinate people and I should go in and, and, and I, will, I, will, I will, should go up in the midst for one moment. I'll destroy you. Now therefore, put off your ornaments from you that I may know what I shall do with you. So the sons of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from, the mount, from mount Horeb onward. Let me tell you what that means. It means that for, for those 40 years, they never wore bright clothes. They never wore their ornaments again out of honor to God. You see the difference from last week to this week? Man, it's a contrast. And they begin to go, we understand you. Because when God brings you to a point and he begins to break you, whether you want to be broken or not, that's when you start going, wow, God. I mean, there's many people that go, I can't believe I'm alive. And I said, neither can I. Maybe you ought to pay attention why God has you alive. Quit celebrating yourself and mourn that that God that, that you have mourned the past and get rid of it and know that now it's time to be serious with the God with God. In ancient Near East, mourning was uh, uh, handed uh, was lended. To itself to involve an appearance, not just an attitude. In other words, how they appeared—it's not just how they felt. Nothing—it was nothing fancy could adorn somebody who mourned. Nothing, because any type of fancy dress was associated with cheerfulness. It was—it was associated, and it would contradict this pattern that God said, "This is where I want you." So He said, "Let get it done." Look. It says this. It says, so thank God for mercy, but honor God in his ways. I'm telling you, honor God. When, he, when we read through the Ten Commandments and we looked at that, we need to honor. You know, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't be in, involved in adultery. Yeah, but it's so difficult. My marriage is kind of down the drain and I'm, I'm lonely and okay, well, that doesn't give you a right to do this. Right? You don't want you to live that way. You want you to honor God with your life and with your words. Right? And I want you to see this: that the heart. Remember, just remember, the the heart of the Israelites changed dramatically from worshiping a calf to dishonoring God. They begin to honor God. Watch this, and you're fixing to see it. And they begin to honor His presence. Watch this, and then they begin to honor His leader. After this incredible incident they begin to show him reverence. How do I know this? Right here it says, now Moses, uh, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp a good distance from the camp and he called it the tent of meeting. Another word for meeting is a tent of appointment. Now help me help you, let me help you understand this. Let me just read this. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out of the tent of meeting which was outside the camp. This, everybody look right here, this was not the tabernacle. (laughs) This was not the tabernacle. There are two different words that are used here in Hebrew. A lot of people think, oh, that's the tabernacle. No, it's simply a tent of meeting that was separated from the tabernacle. When you see the word uh, tent of appointment or tent of meeting, it's this little Greek word called ohil. It's exactly what it means. But when you see uh, tabernacle, you see this word called mishkan, totally different. So this is not the tabernacle. A lot of people say, oh, that's the tabernacle. No. Right? It's your tent of meeting. This is our tabernacle now is us. We are the tabernacle. But if we were looking at now, this church, this building is where we come to, to, to be together and to worship the Lord. But you also need to have your tent of meeting where you really have conversation with God. Do you have that? Right? He says, uh, He said they would go outside the camp. And it came about that whenever Moses went out of the tent, that all the people would arise and stand, each at the entrance of their own tent. You see the difference? Now they're honoring him. And they would gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent And the Lord would speak with Moses when all the people saw uh, the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship each at the entrance of his own tent. So that's a big story that, hey, I can pray as your leader and you go, well, he's got to lead us, but you're supposed to pray for me. You're supposed to pray with me you're supposed to pray for your family that's when people come to me over the last 10 years and said I think it's time for us to leave I look at them and go then I will trust that you are a person of God and you are listening to his spirit and he's telling you to leave so go to your tent I never ask anybody to stay I go I'm sad but if you have to go they tell me their grievances some of them but I say hey then go I want you to be here because God wants you to be here. You'll know if God wants you here if you stay at your tent just like I'm staying at my tent. I'm not going to sway you. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to ask the Lord. So we learn this here. So it's thank God for his mercy, honor God in his ways, and then communicate with God constantly, Consistently. Look, thus the Lord used to speak uh, uh, to Moses face to face, just as a man. Now, some of you, I'm gonna, this is what I want to fix now. Just as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to the camp, the servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Then Moses said to the Lord, look, and Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up uh, these people, but you yourself uh, have, have not let me know whom you will you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, "I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight." So he's having this conversation in a meeting, and then he says this. He uh, he makes a request. Now, therefore, I pray. See, that's what prayer is. We're looking at prayer. He said, "I pray, I pray, uh, pray you, if you found favor, if I have found favor in your sight." Let me know your ways. First request, I want to know your ways. I need to know your plan. Look, and then he says uh, that I may know you. I want to know your ways because then I'll know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that the nation is your people. He said, show me your way for my life. I'm going to see uh, uh, your abundance one day, your glory. And right now, I want you to show me the steps to take to do your will. And be careful. Look at this. When you start asking God that, you may find yourself in the wilderness. That's where Moses found himself. And he said, he said, my presence will go before you and I'll give you rest. I want you to notice that. Everybody look right here. Did he ask for rest? No. No. He asked for, I want to know you. I want to know your way. I want to know where we're going. I want favor. And God said, hey, I'm going to be with you. And I love, he said, I'm going to give you rest. And Moses is going, can you imagine Moses going, I didn't ask for rest. But God's going, but you need my rest. You need my peace. You need to hang on to me. You're asking for all these other things, but what you need most is you need so much patience and so much rest in your life about what I'm calling you to do, and that's what you're gonna need most, and you don't even know to ask for it. It's interesting. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, when don't lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that how can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? and, and I, I your and your people is it not by, by you going with us so that uh, so that we uh, so that we and i your people may be distinguished between between all of the people who are upon the face of the earth. He said, I want to be distinguished. I want us to be different. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which I have spoken for, which I've spoken for you and found favor in my sight, and, have, and, and I have known you by name. Oh, here's a the question. Then Moses said, I, I pray you show me your glory. Now, let me help you. I love what Piper says about God's glory. Hey, Brian, could you turn off that last set of lights right there for me? It says, God's glory is the radiance of his holiness. That's his glory. And the radiance of his manifold, infinitely worthy and vulnerable protections. It's, it's, It's God's glory. It's his holiness. He just asked to see God's holiness. Now, watch this. He asked to see him face to face. said that he would speak to him face to face and people grapple with that. Listen to what he said to them. He said, I myself will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion to whom I will compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. And people grapple with that, so I'm going to help you. But back then, didn't we just read, right? Didn't we just read that he used to sing face-to-face at the tent of meeting? Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place uh, by me, and, and you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about while, uh, while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. I love that. Uh, as I pass. So he's saying, I want to see all of you. You want to see my holiness. You can't handle my holiness. No, I want to see all of you. You can't handle me. So let's get you up in between the crevice of these two rocks. I'm going to pass beside you, but you're not going to see my face. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not shall not be seen. But wait, I want to remind you Moses spoke to him face to face, didn't he? says this. I want to remind you what we read in 33.11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as the man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Right? Let me take you to numbers. When you read, everybody look here. When you read through these stories, you're reading through the story of this uh, Uh, This 40 years of wilderness. When you read Leviticus, it's during this. When you read Numbers, it's during this. And it gives you more insight. There's a story in there about Miriam and Aaron who got a little upset because God wasn't using them as much. Now watch this. It's in Numbers, and this is going to help us see that the word does not contradict itself. Okay? Here it is. It says, uh, Now then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite women whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it because he hears everything. (laughs) Look what God says. He says, now the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. And I love this. It's kind of like what I told at the beginning when uh, Coach, Coach Walker took that boy and said, come on. Look, suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron to Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. Come on out here. I'm about to give you a lick. I'm about to help you understand something. Look, it says, come out here but to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Can you imagine them walking, knowing what they had said? Moses just going, okay, this is normal for me. Look. And then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent and he called Aaron and Miriam and when they had both come forward he, he looked at and just see God going Aaron, Miriam, it's time. When he grabbed him by the ear let's go out to the hallway. And then he ran back in to get the paddle. It's time. Look, it says he said hear me now, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you I the Lord shall make myself known to him in a vision because that's the way they got it. Say, so I'm going to let him know in a vision. I shall speak to him in a dream. He said this. He moved that oh there. It is not so with my servant Moses. He's faithful in all my household. Look, with him I speak mouth to mouth. Here it is. Even openly and not in dark sayings. He said, there's no, there's nothing, there's not this little dark place that we're going to tell people what to do. And then I want you to know, I speak to him and he beholds, here it is, the form of the Lord. He never beheld God's glory. He couldn't, he couldn't see God face to face. And what it tells us in here is God said, he didn't see me face to face. God says, he beheld a form that I allowed him to see because he can't see me face to face. The word doesn't contradict itself. He said, here's this form. I let him see what he needed to see because he couldn't handle all my holiness. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? So the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. Listen, so I want to remind you, continue your mission. I don't know what's going on in your life, but continue your mission. I don't know what's coming in your life. Continue your mission. Ask God to go before you. If you're a nurse, continue your mission. If you're a teacher, continue your mission. Every police officer that was out there in Beaumont at that funeral, you know what they did this morning, those who had to go to work? They continued their mission. And I guarantee you, there are many of them that ask God to go before them to drive out the fear in their lives. There are nurses that go to work every day, and I will tell you, as a nurse, as a doctor continue your mission ask God to go before you and you drive out what betrays you you drive out the fear you ride out you with me you drive out your attitude you drive out your anger you drive out your unforgiving heart you drive out your closed mindedness drive it out what betrays you and then thank God for his mercy because even though you mess up God's mercy was new for us this morning and it'll be new tomorrow and you just continue to honor God and you continue uh, continue to honor his ways and then you communicate with God consistently if you're with me say oh yeah man some of you are either in the wilderness or you're about to go out of the wilderness uh, or go into the wilderness or you just came out of it it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter where Moses was and where the Israelites were let's move forward And they were coming out and then going right into the wilderness. And God says, do your job. Ask me to go before you. Don't let this happen again. You communicate with me. You honor God. You honor his purposes. And he'll honor you. And ask God to go and find what you do to be favorable. Right? That's a message for me but it's a message for you. Father, thank you so much that you're going to drive things out of our lives that betray our relationship with you. Thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ today covers that wrath that even though today we are obstinate believers, your presence is still with us. Thank you that everything about Moses' life and the journey led to what Jesus did for us on the cross. And Father, I just pray this. Help me continue my mission. Father, drive out anything that betrays my thoughts and minds for this mission. Help me to honor you. Thank you for your mercy. And help me to communicate with you consistently, and God, find favor. We pray this, and we believe this, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great week. Take that with you, and use it for his glory. God bless you.